גמרא חגיגה דף וו המסכת has been dedicated anonymously להצלחת הנאריכות ימים ויעקב ישראל בן פרידה סיפורה אנ שרה בת שמחה חיים יאריכו שנים יאריכו אמן כן יהי רצון we are on here עמוד בית and we are going to start uh, about let's see Rav Eidi Bar Ami so it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven eight, nine lines from the bottom last words on the line the Gemara here tells a story Rabbi Rav Eidi Abu the Rabbi Yaakov Bar Eidi so we know Rabbi Yaakov Bar Eidi was Tamid Hacham we know that his father was Rav Eidi He didn't learn as much as his son. So what did he do? So he would travel uh, three months. He was traveling three months. He was doing business. And then he would spend one day in the Beit HaMidrash. The rabbis would Uh, nickname him Barberav de Had Yoma. So they would nickname him uh, the uh, the one day, you know, Yeshiva man. So she says, Mahalak Shlosha Hadashim Hayame Beto the Beta Midrash. Then Oseya Mibeto Ahara Pesach. So he would travel, you know, after Pesach. Venomed Yomehad, he would learn one day. The Jose the Beton the Smoah et Ishto. And then he would get home for Sukkot. So uh, the Gemara says that basically he was learning for one day. Now I don't know if he specifically was just going to the yeshiva for three months. And that's all he did was going to the yeshiva. He could have learned at home. He could have learned in a different place. Kennedy had business, but he made his business on the way to the yeshiva. And, uh, you know, then he had to get home for Sukkot. But he would take one day off, let's say. That was the time that he had. And he studied Torah. So they, they uh, you know, they were, they were picking on him, Ki'ilu. Now look at this guy here, Barber Abda Hadriyuma. This is the guy from the Bet Midrash that comes, uh, you know, one day a year. That was the, uh, so the, uh, so the says, Halash Date. So, you know, he got a little depressed. They were making fun of him. Kareh Anafsheh. So he said on himself, Sechok Lere'ehu Ehyeh. I will be a laughing stock to my friends. Amar the Rabbi Yochanan, so Rabbi Yochanan told Rabbi Eidi, excuse me, don't punish them. Which means, uh, if uh, Rabbi Eidi is going to get upset, you know, could be the Hakamim are going to take it, uh, you know, they're going to get a punishment because of his sad, because of his hakpada. So don't, don't uh, punish them. Nafak Rabbi Yochanan, the Bimidresha, Rabbi Yochanan went out to the Bet Midrash, Vedarash. So it says, and they will adoresh me, they will seek me day in and day out. So the Gemara says, every day. They only seek God during the day. So what does it mean? If a person studies even one day a year, And the point is, and that's all he could study, 
which means the rest of the year is busy. But the one day that he has off, he spends in the Bet Midrash. So what does that indicate? That really, if he had more time, he would spend more time in the Bet Midrash. Only issue is he's anus, he has to go to work. So therefore, the one day that he shows God that he's able to study in the Bet Midrash, and he studies in the Bet Midrash, it's as if he learned the whole year, because the rest of the year he's considered honest. And the way he shows us that he's honest is that when he's able to, he does. So therefore, you get credit for the whole year, which is incredible. So a guy doesn't go to work on a Sunday. So what, the, what he does on a Sunday will, uh, you know, will rack up as if he studied the whole week. During the week, we t- he can't study the whole day. He's got to go to work. He's got to make a panasa. He takes off on a Sunday, or he has holidays, let's say. Hagin. You're not working. So these days are really... Um, uh, uh, you get more, more, more for your value if you take advantage of those days. And uh, I mean, it probably works the opposite way as well, as the Gemara will tell us. Uh, that if a person has a, uh, a day and he can learn and he doesn't, so that he can't have claims that he was honest on the other days. <laughs> because, hey, you had the day off and so you weren't learning. So then how could you claim that you know, the only reason why you didn't learn more is because you, know, you couldn't. When you, and when you were able, you didn't. So therefore... You know, it's a double-edged item. You can only work these things to the benefit. And the Gemara then says, I mean, right now, again, it works, it works the other way as well. You know, we saw by the spies. So it says you're going to get punished for the days that you spy the land. And we know they only spy the land for 40 days. So the Gemara says, They didn't sin for 40 years. So it works the other way. So here were these spies, they only went for 40 days, but they got punished uh, that each day that they were sinning in the spying expedition, it was a it was a year. You know, some say, why, why did the rabbi have to say this side of the equation? Because he was trying to give the rabbis musab. He says, you're picking on this guy, even though you picked up, you're only picking on him one day a year, but that sin is not going to be considered one day. It could be it's considered like you picked on him for the full year. So therefore, you know, he's giving him a musab to be careful. Don't, don't think your sin is so small. Now we go back to the Mishnah. Ezu Katan. So now we go into the sugya of Katan, and we said that, a minor, obviously his father is obligated to bring him uh, to the Azara, mitam chinuch, but only when he is of age. And the question is, what is considered a katan of age that his father has to bring him up? So we had um, different opinions. We had machloket, bet shamay and bet So bet shamay said, kol she'en o yachol lirkov al shil abiv. You know, if he can't, he's so young that he can't even ride on his father's back from... Yerushalayim uh, to the Azara, uh, that's already too young. And Betelel said if he can't walk with his father, holding his father's hand, from Yerushalayim to the Azara. So the Gemara says, Matkif la Bizera. Now the assumption over here is, is that he's in the Azara. The kid is in the Azara. It's just that his father, now from this point, his father either is too young to be carried or he's too young to walk. So the Gemara asks a simple question. Ad haqaman atya. Who brought him here? Who brought him to the to Yerushalayim in the first place? If he got to Yerushalayim, so therefore he must be old enough to be on his father's uh, shoulders. 
or, or, or to walk. I mean, he, he had to get to Yerushalayim somehow. Now she says, which means he must have been away from his mother already to get to Yerushalayim. So once he's at age and he can separate from his mother for that long of a time, right? You don't need him to walk from where, where he is. You just need him to walk from Yerushalayim to the, to the Azara. So, I mean, once he got there somehow, he must, his father must have brought him or somehow. So therefore he's a big kid. He doesn't need his mother. That means... Obviously, he's not nursing, he's not, he's weaned. So the Gemara comes along and says, His mother brought him. <coughs> so therefore, his mother's coming anyway, the Gemara says. His mother's coming in order to fulfill the mitzvah of <coughs> Simha. What's the mitzvah of Simha? And she says that... Uh, so ladies have to go up to be Sameach. Tosfot says that she in a different place says it's not just to be Sameach with the husbands but to actually eat from the Korbanot Simha. The Shalmeh Simha they're obligated to eat. So therefore, but she's in there. She's up. So when she goes up to Yerushalayim, who does she bring with her? The kid. So there was no indication how old the kid is. The kid can be a baby. The mother's bringing him up and nursing him the whole way. So it was possible that a kid can be in Yerushalayim and came all the distance and still be considered katan enough not to be, not to obligate his father in chinuch because he can't ride on his father's uh, uh, shoulders still. So therefore, that's the way he got there. He got there with his mother. Therefore, the question is, now that he's here, how, 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 how uh, mature or old is he, you know, to get from Rishab to the Azara? So the Gemara comes along and says, once he gets to Rishalayim, then we have the judgment. Betelel will say, "Im yachol laalot v'leihos biyador shel abib mirushlam harabayit hayav." If he can hold his father's hand and go from Jerusalem to the Azara, yes, he's hayav v'ila patur and if not patur. So now the Gemara comes along and says, "Wait, heshiv Rabbi tahad betelel." So Rabbi uh, asked the question. Uh, instead of Betelel, but instead of Betelel asking the question on Bet Shammai, Rabbi jumped in and asked the question. What did he ask? But the Bet Shammai, according to Bet Shammai, that says, what's the Geder of being a Katan to be Hayab? That's so long as he's able to ride on his father, the mother's uh, father's shoulders. Vehana lo alta, or lo alata. We know that Hana did not go up for the Regel. In Shiloh, ki amirali ishaha, because she told the husband, adi gamel hanaar vabiyotib. I want to wait till Shemuel is weaned, and once he is weaned, then I will bring him up. Which means Shemuel, he must have been able um, uh, to go on his father's uh, shoulders, which means uh, a, a child uh, gets weaned you know, only after 24 months. Fine. But once he's a year old already, he can go on his father's shoulders. So the Chaura, what, 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 what's this issue over here? How could Hannah keep Shemuel home? Elkanah has an obligation to take baby Shemuel to the Beit HaMikdash and put him on his shoulders. So the Gemara says, Amar Abu. So the father of Rabbi answered him, protecting Beit Shammai. He says, before you ask me on Shemuel, 
What was Hannah? How could Hannah stay home? She's also Hayevet in the mitzvah of Simcha. Why didn't she go up? Ela Hannah mefanekuta yeterta hazia bebishmuel. That she saw that her son Shmuel was very, very sensitive. He was fragile. And therefore, uh, she was concerned if, she, if, if she's going to take Shmuel on the road, he might get sick. So you have no issue. Could be in a If Shmuel really was feeling up to it, Hana would have went and uh, Elkanah would have carried him on the shoulders. Aye, why didn't uh, Hana go up? Because she stayed home to take care of the, the, the baby. Because she knew that if she's going to go up, uh, Shemuel might not uh, do so well on the road. He was very, 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 um, very fragile, as we said. Rabbi Shimon. Now Rabbi Shimon asks a question. Now we're talking about a katan. A katan, according to Bet Shammai, that let's say is Higer. He can't walk. Now, it doesn't matter for Bet Shammai walking necessarily, because anyway, he doesn't have to be able to walk. It just enough has to be able to ride on his father's shoulders. But the question over here is that since the whole inyan of a katan that's able to ride on his father's shoulders is chinuch, so the she'elah is, the kids are chiger. If he was in this situation when he would be a gadol, he would be patur. So therefore, maybe you don't mechanech a child for something that when he's going to be a gadol will be patur, because everybody agrees that chiger is patur. So the question is, if there's a katan that's a chiger, is the father hayab to mechanech him? And for that matter, a blind child. So a blind person, a child that, according to both opinions, because a blind child, uh, although his father, let's say, could hold his hand and walk with him, but when he gets older, clearly the blind uh, child, the blind person, is going to be patur. So the question is, what is going to be the deen according to them? If we go to that she for a second, that she says... Um, uh, there's no question that a higer, there's no chinuch according to Betel, because he can't walk. And Betel's gender was, he has to be able to walk from Yerushalayim to the Azara. There's no question uh, he can ride on his father's shoulders. Even though he's a Hegel, he still can ride on his father's shoulders. The can hold his father's hand. So the Gemara says, well, what's the case are we talking about? What's the case? We're talking about this is a permanent handicap that he's always going to be hanged, even when he becomes a gadol. And he's going to be blind. It's never going to get cured when he becomes a gadol. Hashtag gadol patur. Katar mebaya? Of course he's going to be patur. When he becomes a gadol, he's going to be patur. So you're mechanechim him when he's katar, he's going to have a bigger hayuv when he's a katar than when he's a gadol. So therefore, for sure, that cannot be that he's going to be hayab when he's a katar and patur when he's a gadol. La sericha behiged shiachol hitpashet we're talking about a way where he can get better before he will become a gadol. And a blind one, before he will become a gadol. And therefore the Gemara's question is, my, do we say that, well, by the time he becomes a gadol, he'll be hayav. So therefore, 
Let him be chayav now, but tab chenuk. Or do we say, bottom line, right now, in the way he is, if he was a gadol, he'd be patur, and therefore, he's patur now. That is the stadim of the question. The Gebrah Samar Abayyeh, kol hecha gede gadol mechayev b'deoraita, if a situation would be that the gadol is chayav from the Torah, katan namim mechadkina de medrabana, then you train the katan medrabanan. But where the gadol would be patur midoraita, midrabanan katan name patur. And since in this situation a higer would be patur midoraita, if he was a gadol, and a someh would be patur midoraita, the kid in this situation, the father has no obligation to. So basically, we're answering the question. The answer to the question is he does not have to go up to Rushalayim. Since in this situation, had he been a gadol, there would be no obligation for the father to, uh, or the, for this kid to go up, uh, for the, if he was a gadol, because again, either he's handicapped, he can't walk, or because he is a sober. Now the Gemara comes along and says, and again, Tosfor pointed out that the only question was if he would get better before he becomes a gadol. If he becomes better when he becomes a gadol, there's no sevarah. Because when he was a, if he becomes better after he becomes a gadol, if there's a point when he's a gadol that he's a batur, so for sure he's not going to be hayam when he's a katan, then be batur when he becomes a gadol. That doesn't make sense either. And uh, he's talking about when he got recovered before he became a gadol, and that's the Gemara's premise. The Gemara answers, he is still patur. Now we get to the price of the korbanot. Price tag of a ola and a hagiga. We said we have to be two korbanot, right? Ola tre'iyah and a hagiga. So, the olat, the iyah that you bring when you go up to Mishalayim is two kesef, and the hagiga, that's the meat that you eat during the week. Obviously, you don't eat the korban olat, that's kulal Hashem, but you need meat to eat. So, therefore, that's the hagiga. He said the hagiga is one kesef. Let's make it very simple. According to Bet Shamai, the olat is more expensive than the hagiga. Bet tells us the opposite. The hagiga is more expensive than the yeah, we're gonna have to see why each rabbi prefers, you know, the korban to to be more expensive. Now we know in the Torah there's no price for the korban. Uh, you know, shiur. We say it every day. So the korban reiyah has no price tag in the Torah. This is all the rabbanan. That is what the Tosafot uh, points out in the Dibura Matpil. Hariyah shete kes. So now the Gemara says, Tanu Rabbanan, Bet Shammai Omrim, Hariyah shte kesef, Hagiga ma'a kesef, Shariyah, Shariyah, Ole kula, Lagabawa, Masheken, Bahagiga. Number one, Rola is better than Hagiga. After all, the Rola goes all up to God. Therefore, you got to give that a precedent. Hagiga has human consumption. Therefore, it's less important. Secondly, let's go to Haga Shavuot when they brought the Korbanot. You see, there was more Olot brought than there was Shalamim brought. So you see that there is a um, there is an advantage over. Uh, 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 olot. She says, That's seven olot. So all those are, are olot. 
And then you bring what? Uchtiv, uchnei kivasim b'neshena, so two shilamim, and then you have about ten korban olaz. So therefore, you see clearly that there's an advantage over the olah than the shilamim. Now what's Betelel going to say? Betelel will say, Hariyah ma'akesef, Hariyah shteh kesef. No, Hariyah is more expensive. Why? Shehagigah yishna defneh adibur. Oh, Hagigah, already they were bringing even before Matan Torah. So that must be an important Qurban. When did they bring it? Before Matan Torah. On the fifth day of Sivan, the Torah says that Moshe was told to build the Mizbeah, and the Pasuk says that they brought Qurbanot. And Qurbanot, the Torah clearly says is, they brought Shilamim. Now I know it says in that Pasuk, Olot, that they brought Olot also, but Betelel is going to learn that those olot were not olat riyaz. They were olat tamids. So therefore, uh, even though it might have been, it could have been olat riyaz because they were seeing God in Har Sinai. So there was an appearance over here. Har Sinai is like a, you know, Makuma Megdashov in that sense. So it could have been olat riyaz, but it wasn't. So therefore, Betanel says, hey, listen, the, the first kurban that was ever brought, even before Matat, is a hagigah. So you see, obviously, hagigah is an important item. And secondly, Matsinu ve'od, Matsinu banesi'im. When the presidents of the tribes in the inauguration of the Mishkan, they brought their korbanot, parashat naso, shiriba ve'em ha'katub v'shlamim yotim ve'olot. So therefore there was more hagigahs, uh, more shlamims, than there was olot. Uh, so that's the... Um, the yeah, now let's read that sheet for a second. David, take this one over. Yeshna lefne hadibur. Kodem atan Torah, kribu shalamim b'sinai, dikhtib ayishvach na'are b'nei Yisrael. Ve'af agav dehai praketib b've'ele hamishpatim l'achar haseret hadibrot. So that, that she has these issues over here. We're, we're, the pasuk that we're proving that they brought korbanot before matan Torah is in mishpatim, parashat mishpatim. Although parashat mishpatim is clearly after parashat yitro, <laughs> so that's after Matan Torah. So how are you bringing me a story of something that happened before Matan Torah when it's written after Matan Torah? So that she says the famous rule in Mukdam Umeohar the Torah. The Torah is not written necessarily in chronological order. So therefore it's possible that you could have something written in Mishpatim, although it happened actually in Parashat Yitro Kodem Matan Torah. Kodem Aseret HaDeberot Hava Ve'en Mukdam Umeohar that's Moshe. On the second day of Sivan, he went up to Har Sinai and came back down. On the third of Sivan, Allah came up and down. But he stayed down. And that's the day he built the Mizbeah. And he brought Korban. That's says the Gemara is going to ask, okay, very good, you showed us that they brought Shilamim, but in that Pasuk it says they also brought Korban Ola, and I told you the answer already, but today we'll say it wasn't an Ola Tri'iyah, it was Ola Tamid, therefore you have no proof that Ola Tri'iyah is more important than Hagigah, Adrabah, you see the Hagigah was brought even before Matan Torah. So now the Gemara comes along and says, Hey, Bet Shemai gave some good reasons. Number one, the Ola is Kulola Hashem. That's a good, uh, good logic. So he says, 
Your first claim that you said that the Olah is better, preferred, because it all goes to God, and therefore that must be important. Adraba, Hagiga Adifa, Din Peshte Achilot. Hagiga's got two Achilot. Gavoa gets a chelek, and the uh, Adam gets a chelek. That's more, 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 more preferred. That you have not one Achila of Kodesh, but you have two Achilot of Kodesh. Because after all, the Hagiga is eaten by the Kwarim and the owners, and the, uh, and the Mizbeah gets a chelek as well. And the proof that you brought me from Shavuot, that they brought more Korban Olot, Danin Korban Yachid me Korban Yachid. The end Danin Korban Yachid me Korban Sibur. Shavuot is a public Korban, it's a Korban Sibur. We're talking about over here a private Korban. Going up to Yerushalayim is a private item. So they will, don't bring me a ayah from uh, Korban Sibur. Adnabah, bring me a ayah from what I brought from the Nasi'im. The Nasi'im was a private Korban. It was Korban Yachid. Each Nasi brought an individual Korban. It was not Korban Sibur, the Nasi'im. So therefore, I'd rather learn from Korban Yachid. Because we're talking about a Korban Yachir over here in Yerushalayim, the Olat Le'iyah, as opposed to a Korban Tzibur. Now let's go to Bet Shammai. Bet Shammai, my Ta'ama Amni Lo Amni Kebet Why in Bet Shammai? Like the logic of Bet Shammai. The Ka'amat Hagigah Adifa Di Yishna Lefna HaDibur. Also your claim is, Hagigah was before the Dibur. Re'iyah Namei Yishna Lefna HaDibur. Re'iyah was also before the Dibur. Because he learns the Pasuk, what it says, Vaya'alu Olot, on that day, the 5th of Sivan, those Olot were actually Olat Re'iyas. So therefore, that, that's no proof here or there. That's a, that, that, that you just see they were both Korbanot before. So therefore, that does not register. And your claim was, learn from the Nisi'im? No. Danin davara nohegla dorot, me davara nohegla dorot. Ve'en danin davara nohegla dorot, me davara nohegla dorot. You're right, Nisi'im was definitely more shilamim, more korban shilamim. But Nisi'im was a one-time item. That's a davar she'enu no hegla dorot. We're talking about something that's a yearly item, olat re'iyah. So therefore, I'd rather learn a yearly item from a yearly item. Shavuot is a yearly item. So therefore, I'd rather learn from uh, Shavuot that the tilt was on the olot, as opposed to learning from the Si'im, which is again, Davar She'en Noheg, the Dorot. Where did Betelel learn that they actually brought Hagigah before Matan Torah? As the Pasuk says, Well, wait, go back to that same Pasuk. So there you go, they brought Olot also, which is, which is basically Bet Shamai's claim against. No, that was the regular Olat Tamid. We have a law that says you have to be a Korban Olah every single day. So they brought Olat Tamid before Matan Torah, no problem. But you have no Rayah when it's an Olat Riyah, and therefore Bet Halel stands his grounds. Now the Gemara says, Bet Shamai Sabri, Olat Shikribu Yisabamidbar, Olat Riyah Habai. Okay, big mahlokah. Big mahlokah, how you learn that pasuk in the Torah, parashat mishpatim, vayalu olot. Ben Shemai will say it was olat re'iyah. After all, they're appearing in front of God at Matan Torah. And Ben will say, no, there was no chayyub of olat re'iyah at that time. It was the standard olat tamid. Albeit, it was brought before the Torah was given, but that's okay. And the Gemara actually finds a whole roster of rabbis that agree with Bet and a whole roster of rabbis that agree with Bet Shammai.
אמר אביה, בית שמאי ורבי אלעזר ורבי ישמעאל, כולהו ספינא נהו, עולה שהקריבו יישא במדבר, עולת ראייה הוואי. ובית הלב ורבי עקיבא ורבי יוסי גלילי, כולהו ספינא נהו, עולה שהקריבו יישא במדבר, עולת תמיד הוואי. So now we're going to uh, bring proofs for all these rabbis. Let's start with Bet Shammai. Bet Shammai had the Amnon, but we proved Bet Shammai already. He said it. Bet Shammai clearly said that the Olad that they brought at uh, Har Sinai was the Olad Re'iyah. Rabbi Ishmael, where do you see Rabbi Ishmael? Because he's also on the list like Bet Shammai. Rabbi Ishmael Omer, Kelalot Ne'emru Besinai. When God gave the Torah at Sinai, Rabbi Ishmael says it came in generalities, but it did not come with details. For example, at Har Sinai, Borei Olam said, Rabbotai, you have to bring a korban ola. Every day, ola tamid. But we didn't get the details. Uh, skinning it, uh, bringing the, when you put the blood, all these details of the korban were not given until a later date. If you look at the bottom rashi, Kilalot Neymar Besinai, Chavod, Right, that, that was Matan Torah. Build the Mizbeah and bring a Korban. Okay, details to follow. That's called Klalut, the, the generalities. Exactly. So therefore, according to the Bishmael, the details of how to bring a korban came when uperatut be'ohel moed. The peratut came after matan Torah. How to exactly bring the um, you know bring the korbanot? Like it says in the beginning of Parashat Vayikra, Vayikra Moshe Vaydeber Hashem Adam Mo'el Moed. What was he speaking to? All the details of these situations, uh, the, the laws that were given at Sinai. Rabbi Akiva Omer, no. Kelalut, ufratut, neemru besinai. We got everything. Ha Sinai, we got the generalities and all the details. Vinishnu, we got a hazara. They were repeated at Ohel Mo'ed and actually Vinishtal Shilu. And we got a third time, Be'arbot uh, Mo'av. That's when Moshe Rabbeinu uh, taught them again. So now the Gebarah says, Ve'is al-Kadatach. That what? If you want to say that the original korban that they brought at Har Sinai before Matan Torah was a olat tamid, initially when they brought it, obviously they didn't skin it and they didn't cut it up because they didn't get those laws. And then what? After Ohil Mu'ed opened up, now all of a sudden they got the details of skinning and cutting it up. So therefore, what, you're bringing Olat Tamid differently? That's not logical. You can't say that they brought the Olat Tamid before Matan Torah one way, and that's the Hayyub of Olat Tamid. A Hayyub, you do it the way you're supposed to do it. You can, hayyubim don't, don't switch. And therefore, Rabbi Ishmael says, if they didn't have the details until Ohel Mu'ed, so you can't tell me that they were bringing an Olah the wrong way, that the Torah doesn't want you to bring it that way, and then when they got the details, they started bringing it the right way. Era, forget about the Olah Tamid. They brought an Olat Re'iyah, and that's the 
uh, the, the proof that must be it's the Bishmael that holds also like uh, Bet uh, Shammai. Which means, if you want to read Rashi, read Rashi for a second. Uh, read Rashi, Uperatut Bohem Wed. Right, was repeated. continue Rashi, very important. That's a key Rashi, which means an Olat Tamid is the Chova. Olat Re'iyah that they brought at Har Sinai was not a Chova, they brought it on their own. So therefore, if you're learning it's Olat Re'iyah that they brought on their own, bring it up wherever you want. I don't care if they brought it a different way. They weren't bringing it as a Hiyuv. So therefore, it's true they didn't have details how to bring an Olat Re'iyah either. But so what? They're not bringing it as a chiyuv. But if you're learning it that this was the mandatory olat uh, tamid, you can't say that a law of the Torah is going to change from one generation to the next. So therefore, we're forced to say that it was not an olat tamid. You understand the way we're learning it? If it was an olat riyah, they weren't obligated to bring olat riyah. They were on their own. They said, you know what, let's give something to God because we're seeing it. I, olat riyah is going to change. Fine. We're not bringing it as a chovah. But if you're bringing Olat Tamid, you're not bringing Olat Tamid as a, as a Nedaba, you're bringing it because there's a mitzvah to bring Olat Tamid. And they didn't know the details. So they brought it without skinning it, without cutting it, Why then later on it changed, can't be. So that's the proof of the Bishmael that it must be, it was an Olat Re'iyah. Continue the Gemara. V'nebi il'azar, hari nori bi'il'azar tanya, Olat Tamid ha'asuya behar sinai. Now, the Gemara, the Pasuk says, Olat Tamid It sounds like they brought an Olat Tamid at Har Sinai. So the Azar explains. The Azar Omer Ne'emru Sinai. No, they got the details on how to do it at Sinai. But they didn't actually bring it at Har Sinai. It was brought uh, after. The way he learns the Pasuk, the Azar also holds was Olat Re'iyah. Now the Gemara says, Rabbi Akiva Omer, no, Karba. They actually brought the Olat Tamid at Har Sinai before Matan Torah, Veshuv Lo Pasca. And once they started bringing it on the 5th of Sivan, every single day thereafter, they brought it. But there's a Pasuk that says that uh, in Amos, hear this? In Amos. So the Pasuk says, God saying, did you bring Korbanot uh, to me in the Midbar for the 40 years? They didn't because we were considered excommunicated after Hetta Eger. So therefore, uh, it sounds like the Korban, Korban did stop. Rabbi Akiva says, no, no, no Pascha. It sounds like it was Pascha because the Gemara says that God says to the Jewish people, did you continue bringing me Korbanot all the time you were in the Midbar? So it sounds like at a certain point, God refused our Korbanot. So how can it be Akiva say that once they brought the Olat Tamid and Hasinai, Shuv Pascha? 
Once they were excommunicated, it sounds like Pascha. No, Rabbi Akiva said, what do you want? Shifto Levi, Shelo Abdu Ota. It was brought by Shevet Levi, which means Shevet Levi was not part of the Egev, and therefore they were not excommunicated, so they brought the Qurban Ola from their own funds. That means it was not a public funded uh, a Qurban like we know it's supposed to be. God said, forget it, B'nai Yisrael, I don't want your money for your Qurbanot. Who paid for the Qurban Ola during the 40 years in the Midbar? Shevet Levi. So therefore, it's true, Lo Pascha. It was always brought, it was just brought from different funding. Now the Gemara comes along and says, the other side. Betelel says, what was the Qurban that was brought at Har Sinai? A Olat Tamid. So the Gemara says, Betelel. Okay, Amra. We learned already Betelel Shita. He said in Beferush, on Amud Rishon, that it was a Olat Tamid. Rabbi Akiva, we just said it also. We said, they brought the Qurban and Shuvlo Pascha. So they brought Olat Tamid also. So we have to bring Rabbi Yosef. Rabbi Yosef, Gilidi, the Tanya. Rabbi Yosef, Gilidi, Omer, Shalosh, Mitzvot, Nestavu Yisrael, Ba'alotam, Laregel. There's three Mitzvot, we'll say better, three Korbanot that the Jewish people are obligated to bring when they go up on the Regel. One Korban is called Re'iyah, that's the Korban, Olat Re'iyah. One is called Hagigah, that's the Korban Hagigah. And then you have Simha, which we call Shalmes Simha. Let's review what Shalmes Simha is. Law is you have to eat meat on the holiday, and the family has to eat meat. Now, a korban hagiga might not suffice, so you need extra supplementary meat for the hag. So therefore, a lot of times people would have their mandate, their, their korbanot, let's say they made the darim during the year, or have their davot, so they would usually bring that, you know, before the holiday, and that would be the meat that they ate. Now, let's say a person doesn't have any nedarim in the davot, so therefore he has to bring what's called a shalmesim ha, again, to supplement the uh, food, so they have what to eat. So those are the three korbanot that are brought on the holidays. Again, olat ve'iyah, shalmeh hagiga, and shalmeh simcha. Now the Gemara is going to come along and tell us some differences between these types of korbanot. Yesh bere'iyah, she'en b'shtehem. Olat ve'iyah has some properties that the other two, namely the hagiga and the simcha, do not have. Hagiga is unique over the other two. And so basically, each one of these korbanot has a quality or property that the other two do not have. Now the Gemara will explain. Re'iyah has something that the other two do not have. What is that? No. It's a korban ola. Korban Ola goes all the all to God. The other ones are Shalamim. So that's the advantage that Ola Tri'iyah has. Ola Tri'iyah has what? It's an Ola. The other two are not. Hagigah's got something that the other two don't have. There you go. Hagigah actually was brought before Matan Torah. That's the Biyoseh talking. So therefore, stop right there. What do you mean? Olat Re'iyah was also brought before Matan Torah. Ela, no. Must be the Biyosef says that it was not an Olat Re'iyah. Must have been an Olat Tamid. Because when it came to the Olat Re'iyah, what was his difference? He said, no, Olat Re'iyah has a specialty. It's an all to God. He didn't say it was before Matan Torah. You know why? Because it wasn't. The only thing that was before Matan Torah, according to the Biyosef, was the Hagigah. 
Now, b'simcha, mashim shtehem. What's the simcha's quality? Shasimcha nuheged banashim ubanashim. Right, ladies are obligated b'simcha. Like it says, b'simachta ata ubetecha. Mashiinken b'shtehem. So we have proven rabotai all three on the betelel side. We got betelel as we proved Rabbi Akiva, and we also now proved Rabbi Yosef. Now let's go back to Rabbi Ishmael. Remember, we said Rabbi Ishmael is on Bet Shammai's side, which. Again, no offense, but you don't want to put the Rabbanim, if you don't have to, to put them with Bet Shammai, because Bet Shammai is not the Halakha, Bet Shammai is not Mishnah. You know, so therefore, the Gemara is going to try to, uh, you know, flip Rabbi Ishmael and put him on uh, Bet Hillel's side. Uh, but again, Bet, Rabbi Ishmael had a good claim. Rabbi Ishmael's claim was, hold it. You cannot tell me that they brought an Olat uh, Tamid, the obligatory Tamid in Har Sinai. They brought it the wrong way. And you can't tell me that you brought it one way, then when they got the details, they brought it a different way. The Bishma's claim was good. A chayuv doesn't change. Chayuv's got to be brought the right way always. And since the details didn't come to later, they couldn't have brought it with hefshet, with skinning and cutting it up. So that's why it must be, it was a voluntary olat to the iyah. That was the Bishma's proof. So the Gemara is going to question it. Why did he say like Bet Shammai? Because we're, repu- we're reviewing his logic. You can tell me that why the original way they brought it was different than the way they brought it after Madan Torah? Can't be. So what's the problem? We found that said, It changed according to the Biyose. What's the problem? We found rabbis that say that. Yeah, before Matantola, they brought Ola Tamid one way, and after a different. Clearly, the Tanya, the Biyose, the Omer, Ola Shekrim, Yuseba Medbar, Ena Teunah, Hefshet, Vinituah. Exactly. The first time they went to Kurman Tamid was brought without Hefshed, without skinning it, and without cutting it, because they didn't know. Because that detail did not uh, uh, come until Oel Mo'ed. So therefore, once already you see that there's Rabbanim that say you can change the way the Kurman was brought, why should you put Rabbi Ishmael like Bichamai? Just say, Rabbi Ishmael agrees with Rabbi Yosef, which would make him on Betelel's side, which is more... Mr. Bekut, Mr. Bekut, the Abba says, you know what, you're right. Samem mikan Rabbi Ishmael. The way we would say it in the vernacular, scratch Rabbi Ishmael from the list of Bet Shammai, erase him, Samem, and put him on the list of Bet Hillel. Now, uh, let's just read a Rashi. Uh, there's really no halakha over here. It's just a history lesson over here. What they brought at Har Sinai. Unless you say that there's enough kamina in the price of the Qurban Olan Hagiga. And that's going to be enough kamina in some sort of halakha 
Latila, you know, for, for practical. But otherwise, what do you mean? I understand you want to tell me if Bet is giving you a law, okay, and then, then, then you're bound by the law of Bet Hillel, of Bet but not in a history lesson. Unless you say again, there'll be ramifications of what they held, what was brought before Matan Torah to the, to the price of the Korban Olah that you have to bring. And therefore, we rather put a Bishmael with Bet Hillel. That's the way I'm learning. Mikashalach. That was that was the Bishmael's original logic. This is what he means. You have to be yourself. Right. We see the Biyoseh that says it was Olat Tabit, and he has no problem to say that it was brought one way before Matan Torah and a different way after. So therefore, once you see that Sevaraz out there, you can say to Bishmael also will, uh, will, will, will agree with that. Because again, the Bishmael wasn't talking. It was Abayyeh that was explaining that the Bishmael must hold like Bet because, hey, it's not logical. Again, if the Bishmael would have said it himself, then you can't uh, you know, put words in the Bishmael's mouth. But it was Abayyeh that's trying to put the Bishmael on a certain side. So we're telling Abayyeh, you're not forced to say that Sevara in the Bishmael, but we know there's a different Sevara in the Bishmael that exists. So therefore, put the Bishmael on the side of the Betelel. Again, we're not, we're not changing the Bishmael's words. We're, we're changing uh, his uh, opinion and saying you're not bound. Just because the Bishmael holds that the details came at Ohil Mo'ed does not necessarily force us to say that it had to be an Olat the Iyah because the Olat Tamid's then rules would have changed. It could change. The Bishmael says it changed as well. We found an opinion that agrees with the Bishmael that the details were given after and still it was Olat Tamid. Gemara says, Now we're going to go learn Homash a little. Homash lesson. How do you read a Pasuk in the Torah? Well, what does it say? That's the, the Qurban that was brought pre-Matan Torah, was brought by Na'areb B'nei Yisrael. Okay, the Pasuk says they brought Qurban Olot. Now it doesn't say what animal they used. So the Gemara says, it's possible, kibasim. You know, just like the regular Qurban Tamid, they brought sheep. Continue the Pasuk. It doesn't say the word kibasim in the Pasuk. It just says, we're putting in parentheses, we assume what type of olot was it? Kibasim. And they brought Qurban Shilamims. And there the Torah clearly says, parim. It says the word parim in the Torah. So it was two different animals. The olot were kebasim, which is just assumed, and the shalamim, which the pasuk says beferush was parim, both. Or maybe, no. Maybe the word parim in the pasuk is going back on both. And they brought korban olah as a par, even though after Matan Torah, we don't bring a korban Tamid from a par, but it changed. You know, just like it changed the Gabe, some of the other details, it changed the Gabe, that detail as well. So, therefore, that's the She'ilah. It's an unbelievable question. The Olah that was brought before Matan Torah, what is it? was it a Kebis or was it a par? And of course, the question is who cares? 
how is this going to change anybody's uh, life? Which is the Gemara's next question. You know, this would be like a, what happened, happened. Okay, you need to know whether it was a part or we, we only learned things that are practical, uh, you know, uh, what do we care if it was a pot or a canvas? So the Gemara actually gives two nafkaminot. Morzutra amad pisuk ta'amim. Oh, you see how important ta'amim Which means, you got, you, got to, you got to know how to read the pasuk at the right ta'amim. Now, kanir'eh, what, we, 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 I thought we received the Torah with ta'amim, by the way. What, what, what are the ta'amim? How did we get the Torah? But nonetheless, the Gemara is saying, if you're learning that the Korban Ola was one type of animal and the Shilamim was a different, so you have to put like a hefsik between Vaya'alu Olot, put an Atnach over there, which is like a semicolon or a period, so to speak, or put a, uh, like a Zakif Katon, which these are like pauses, which you say really like a comma. So therefore, Vaya'alu Olot, comma, and put a, put, a, put a Ta'am that represents pause, and then Vaya'alu Shilamim, Parim. But if you say that it's, the parim is going on both, do not put a pause on vayalu olot. Make it like a shofar mehupak or, or a ta'am that connects olot with the end of the pasuk. So the nafkamina is going to be, which ta'amim are you going to use in the pasuk? I'm, I'm just asking, when Moshe Rabbeinu gave the Torah, didn't he give it with ta'amim? How did he give it? Just, by the way, I have a better idea. Let's look at the ta'amim and we'll figure out what the real pshat is. Let's go, let's go the opposite. We're, we're assuming over here that we don't know what the ta'amim are. I don't know why. Let's read Rashi for a second. Right, Rashi says, by the way, we have an atna. We have an atna. So if you open your homashim, we should put this question to rest. There is an atna there. Yeah. I mean, although we have an atna, it, it, it could be it's a suffix, by the way, that we, we have to put some time. We have to put some time. This. What are you going to do? We have to, even, even though the Gemara leaves it in abeyance. It's very, very, very interesting over here. We, we, we committed to an atna, even though the Gemara is going to say over here, no answer. The Gemara is going to leave this in a teku, by the way. Let's get the second nafkamina. That's, the, that's always the, the, uh, the, the fallback nafkamina. Nidarim. A guy makes a nedir and says, I'm bringing a nare It's on me to bring a korban ola like they brought in the desert before Matan Torah. Well, what does he bring? A par or a keves. <laughs> so there's a nafkamina. You got to know what they brought. For this guy to, to satisfy his nedir. My parim or kemasim. And the Gemara ultimately leaves us in a tiku. The way for the Avi to let us know exactly uh, uh, which ta'amim we should put actually in the Torah. So therefore, they might have to change all the, uh, all the, all the humashim to move it from, a, from an atnaf to a shofar mehupak or something like that. Or nafka uh, was before the Okay, we'll stop over here. Baruch Amen. Amen. Beautiful day.